Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Hello, Jay. How are you? I am doing great, Britain. How are you doing? I'm in a weird space. Uh-huh. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird time. COVID part two is, whew. Yeah, we are amidst the second wave, which is a lot less fun than the first one. Not that the first one was any fun at all. <laughs> yeah, this is like, it's like we tapped into the top layer of the psychological battle, and now we're getting real deep. We're getting, we're elbow deep into the Rona, Rona culture. It's a little Mad Max, but, you know, hopefully we will get through this all in one piece. I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. One day at a time, for sure. Yeah. Did I ask you how you are? Oh, you did. I'm doing good. Things are good. Also battling the uh, Rona fatigue as we call it, hopefully by the time this podcast is actually airing and by the time you guys are actually listening to it, uh, we will be at least a little clearer. Uh, We just finished up the Thanksgiving holiday, which a lot of people were irresponsible during, so I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next. But hopefully, when you guys hear this, we're still alive. That's all we can ask at this point. Um, (laughs) Outside of the Rona, I have been getting used to um, life as an author, which apparently manifests itself as me sitting bolt upright at about four o'clock in the morning and furiously emailing my editor because I realized that I forgot a whole section to put into the book and I've already turned in my edits. So (laughs) I'm like, oh my lord, wait. I have something else for you. And she's like, I will see if they'll let us do that. Hopefully, hopefully that will all go through. And um, if you guys are listening to this in March, we hope, feel free to pre-order my new book. It's American Brujeria. It's available on bookshop.org and amazon.com. Check it out if you like Mexican folk magic. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on your book. It's going to be wonderful. It's, uh, it's been an experience. I, I think people are going to like it. I, I, I do. I've, I go through those phases of, one minute, I'm like, oh, my God, this book is amazing. I'm a genius. And then 10 minutes later, you find me, I'm sobbing like the book is terrible. I should never write ever. It's just it's, it's how we do it. Yeah, I cannot imagine the emotional roller coaster it must be to write a book and like fully birth something like that, like in this to see it from start to finish. And now you're like in this finishing phase. So that must be really intense. And it's now just starting to set in that other people are actually going to read it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's always been there kind of in theory that like, oh, yeah, sure. And then it'll be a book and, you know, people can buy it and stuff like that. But it's just now sinking in what that looks like, that people will actually be reading it. Um, And and leaving you amazing Amazon reviews. God, I have been told by everyone. They're like, whatever you do, do not read the reviews. They're like, don't even read the good ones. Just avoid it. It's true. I will say that, like, don't read stuff on the internet that critiques your work. Just don't. Just stay in your own 
beautiful cocoon of your own work. That applies to ev- everything yeah, <laughs> artistically, writing, art, and whatnot. Yeah. So, but hopefully it will all be good. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what is on the docket today for our wonderful discussion? Shoes. Shoes. We're going in a slight Tarantino direction today. We're going to be talking about shoe magic. We're going to be talking about uh, maybe some foot track magic as well. So all the things that have to do with shoes and the feet and likewise, because a lot of times when we talk about witchcraft and things, you know, we're, we're always into like, you know, oh, the candles and the things and whatnot, but there's magic all around us in places that you might not even expect it, including in your shoes. So we wanted to talk about that. And I know that Britain has already told me that one of her most favorite spells involves shoes. Yes, it's actually my most recommended spell for clients and whatnot. What I recommend is if you're dealing with a bully or you're dealing with someone who's very overbearing, you write their name and you put it in your shoe and you walk, essentially you walk all over them. and it's not i don't consider that very aggressive magic it's just like you got you got a foot on them yeah you're kind of like yeah you're kind of claiming your space and every person that i've recommended that to it has worked they will they always come back to me a week later or something like that and they're like oh my god i can't believe it so and so finally backed off or so and so is like ignoring me now yes yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so simple. It's super simple. And it's one that I tell people to do a lot as well. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be a specific person. Sometimes it can be. So I was working uh, magically with a lot of people who are doing the Black Lives Matter protests here in Portland. And one of the things that I was working with them on is putting the name of, of the local police units in their shoes for the same thing, for that same reason. And you're right, it's not super aggressive. Nothing happens to them that's bad. It really does just kind of give you the upper hand or, or, you know, gives you a foot up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. And honestly, you can put all kinds of things in your shoes to affect all kinds of change. Because, you know, when we think about magic and, you know, our, our, what do they call it? The doctrine of signatures or whatever, where when it comes to like, um, either like foot track magic or shoe magic, we, we expect it to be like, oh, This will affect things like travel or like, you know, where we're going in life. And while that's true to an extent, you can really do a lot when it comes to either shoe magic or kind of like foot track magic that that, that people don't expect. So kind of in a similar thing, when you're talking about putting something in your shoe, you know, and and it can be it can be paper if you wanted to. You can write like your goals on paper or something like that. So it's kind of like the road that you're walking. You can also do things too, like um, if you have like a job interview or you need some success, you can put like bay leaves in your shoe too. Mm-hmm. I always like that one. That one's a good one, especially like if you're looking for a job and you're out walking around looking for one, putting bay leaves in your shoe is mm-hmm. so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's something that I've been thinking a lot about is um, success and victory work. Just Right now, things are so unknown at the time of this recording with COVID part two. And there's so many like unknowns that we're swimming through right now. And it can feel really good to have a little extra boost in your shoes. Thinking of Bayleaf, like for victory and clarity and whatnot. And just knowing that as you're walking forward through life, that you have that with you. 
And it's something I've been actually wanting to do myself Been thinking a lot about that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's all kinds of things, too, because I love that they brought the Baileys for victory. And I think that's one of those weird little things that people don't think of as being important, where you'll have some plants that are for success and others will be for victory. And while we often think that those things are, are, you know, uh, synonymous with one another, there is kind of a different lilt to victory over success, you know? Um, So I I do really like that, especially with uh, Laurel Lee's Bay Leaves, the sort of idea of victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always think of the Ace of Swords and Bayleaf, just like crystal clear, sharp, double-edged sword clarity. I guess double-edged sword (laughs) doesn't really work there. But I just think of like this sharp penetrating clarity and victory that one can have um, moving forward through things. So I'm curious that differentiation between victory and success. What is that for you? I find that victory often entails a winner and a loser. Whereas success, there doesn't necessarily have to be um, a divide quite like that. So when it comes to victory, I often think that whereas like success, you know, you just you just do good at all the things, you know, but in, in victory, you you win over someone or you defeat something that was standing in your way whether it's a person or an obstacle or, you know, you, you either climb the corporate ladder and like one capitalism or whatever it is. And now you're a CEO or um, whatever. <laughs> there, there's this sort of idea of in victory that there could only be one um, in an idea. So that, that's something mm-hmm. that I, I tend to come back to a little bit when it goes with those workings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the other things that I, I personally, and I, I don't know about your practice, some people get very intense about, is it the left shoe? Is it the right shoe? Is it both shoes? Do you, do you have a preference in your working? I tend to go to my right foot. Like it's always the shoe that I would put on. I always put my right shoe on, shoe on first, but I think if I was doing work, okay, let's say domination and control work. Cause mm-hmm. that's essentially what we're getting at when we're putting somebody's name in our shoe and we're trying to walk on them. It's like control and domination. I would put that in, I would probably put that in both my shoes. Mm. But if I was like working personal quiet magic on myself, um, I think I would probably lean into just putting it in one shoe for some reason. I don't know why. That's interesting. And that's one of those kind of intuitive things that I feel will be a little bit different with everybody. Cause for me, like if Mm -hmm. I was going to be doing something like, you know, domineering or, or, um, something like that, like, you know, walking on somebody in my shoe or whatever, I would probably put it in my right shoe because I'm so right footed. I'm, I'm very right side oriented. So it's my right hand, my right foot, all this stuff. My, my left side doesn't know how to do anything on my body. Um, so I would feel like that would be like my stronger side for it. Mm-hmm. But if I was doing something like more passive, like, Oh, like I'm just looking to bring in some love or some luck, or maybe even like a little protection. I would probably put it in my left shoe. But if I was trying to like manifest something or make something happen, then I would put it in my right. Fascinating. So where that took me in my brain is that I'm a, I'm a power lifter. I like to lift weights. Mm -hmm. 
And I am right side dominant. However, I hold my best balance on my left hand side. Interesting. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So now I'm rethinking how to utilize foot track magic like on the sides of my body. Mm -hmm. And yeah, shoe magic. Well, it's interesting, too, because you and I are both kind of more folky when it comes to our magic. And I feel like, you know, when you get into some of the more higher, more technical stuff, they're always like, oh, well, the right side is specifically for this and the left side is specifically for that. Whereas in, in like folk magic, we're like, which, which one's your good foot? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just fuck it. Just put it in. Yeah, there. just stuff it in the shoe. Hey, ain't nobody got time. Just put it in the shoe and continue going. But yeah, we can do all kinds of things with the with the shoe magic, especially with putting the plants in them. We were talking kind of recently about doing protection work in this manner, because a lot of the times, you know, your your shoes are such an easy place to put things, you know, you don't really go far without them a lot of the times. So being able to put something in there that will protect you is very simple and you can carry it with you as you go. And a lot of the times, mm-hmm. too, when we are facing someone who might be trying to curse us or hex us or do things like that, they'll often be using things like powders or um, dusts or things like that that you would be walking through and then contracting through the feet. Yes. So putting things in your shoes can help protect you against that. I remember when I was at PantheaCon recently, it was the first time I had been around just hundreds and hundreds of witches in one space. And so that was something that was kind of unnerving for me because, you know, I, as someone who does the work that I do, where I deal with a lot of hexes, curses, dark entities, things like that, that get sent to people, I'm naturally very suspicious of people around me, whatnot. So I carried heavy protection in my shoes because I didn't know who was dust in what, where, while I was there. And I do think it served me well. Yes, that's something to think about when you go to large uh, gatherings of magical folk. I, I went to a occult gathering called, I will be honest with you, I have completely forgotten the name of the gathering, but it was in Portland in 2018, and it had a really great lineup of like um, folks from Scarlet Imprint, uh, Peter Gray, and Alkistis Demek, and like just some really big rock stars in the occult world. And the energy in the room with all the vendors and just all the people, it was so intense. And um, a person that I knew there had some Devil's Club hydrosol. And Devil's Club is a native plant of the Pacific Northwest, which has these, as it's described in a botany book, uh, diabolical spines, these thorns all over it. So it's a very space holding protective plant and yeah i was spraying it all over myself and just being very mindful of like who was looking at me like there were some people there who were just like looking at you a little too long Mm -hmm. and yeah thinking about your feet and where you're stepping as well is something to think about you also run into problems too like if you're doing graveyard or cemetery work depending on where you're located it's very possible that you will come across another worker's work, essentially, what they've left there in the graveyard. And if someone is leaving something in a graveyard, it doesn't tend to be a very uplifting, lovey, soft working. It tends to be something that will mess you up pretty bad. So 
carrying that protection in your shoe, I know, I, or at least I've heard stories of people who have been, you know, just doing their, you know, there to get some graveyard dirt or whatever it is that they're there for and accidentally stepping on something that somebody left there and just getting tore up by some sort of spell that they ended up accidentally just firing all over themselves due to this. So you never know when you're going to need it. And so doing stuff with your shoes is such an easy way to do it because our feet are really the only thing that are constantly contacting another surface. So it's, you know, we can, we can walk through an entire place and not ever touch anything with our hands or, or kind of bump into it or anything like that. But you really can't avoid having your feet touch it. I mean, unless you're going to like segue everywhere, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) or you've uh, discovered the art of levitation and you just hover yourself everywhere you go. Still working on that one. Still working on it. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, one of my most favorite trinkets to wear is also very handy for foot protection. And that is a mercury dime. And folks would wear mercury dimes around their ankles for foot track magic specifically. Um, when silver, which a mercury dime is made up of about 98% silver, I believe, when it comes in contact with sulfur, which is a key ingredient in like goofer dust or hot foot powder, things like mm, that. Crossing powders. Yeah, crossing powders uh, and whatnot, it will turn black. And that way, you know, it gives you, a, lets you know, hey, buddy, you just stepped in some some bad dust. Well, and that's always a good one, too, because sulfur isn't something that really just hangs out on the sidewalk. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not something that you normally come in contact with. I mean, unless you're in like a area with very specific geology happening beneath it. It's nice to know when you're coming in contact with it, because you're right, mm-hmm. it, it will definitely turn black when it hits it. And that's always a weird thing to see. Um, I used to carry turquoise, too, because I was always told that turquoise will change color if someone around you means you harm. Fascinating. I uh, did not know that. Yeah. And I, I do feel it works. It's very subtle. It's, it's not like the mercury dime where it turns black, you know. Um, but I, I do feel that there is a slight color change. And if you really know your turquoise jewelry, you can tell. Fascinating. Yeah, I went to and here's when you shouldn't freak out. <laughs> I went <laughs> I went to a hot spring recently and soaked. Um, it was a really small pool of water uh, in the middle of nowhere. And when I got home, I looked in the mirror because I was just like cleaning up and I was like oh my gosh my mercury dime is black somebody got me (laughs) somebody got me somebody left magic in the hot spring um but it was it was just the minerals and the sulfur the like low-key sulfur that's like in the water a little low-key sulfur I like that (laughs) for sure always always look around at the mundane causes because on on the social medias and stuff I have somebody Every 10 seconds, like somebody, somebody hooted me. And I'm, you talk to him about, about five minutes and you're like, no, it was sulfur hot springs or you know, something right. else. Yeah. You need to look around for a minute first. Just look, look around. Right. Yeah. It, being mindful of practical and mundane causes mm-hmm. um, for things like, yeah, like mercury dimes changing color or I don't know if your toe hurts. Yeah, like, I know sometimes somebody will be like, oh, my God, my toe hurts. What's it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? It means you smacked it on the coffee table earlier. 
I did have a freak out not long ago because I was working a novena candle and it was like a love candle. It wasn't something like real crazy. And the whole thing just turned pitch black and was it was smoking so bad that I had to put it into a big stock pot and take it outside because I thought it was going to explode. It was just going insane. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like, something is wrong. Something happened. Like, maybe this person just is really fighting this love spell and does not want it. Or this is really not meant to be or whatever it is. Come to find out, apparently, if you add powdered spices, like especially like powdered cinnamon to your candles, it will just coat the wick and just smoke like crazy. I thought the devil was after me. Turns out it was just cinnamon. <laughs> it was just the cinnamon. Yeah, oh my goodness. It wasn't the devil, just cinnamon. So. Yeah, it's really good to thoroughly look over your magic and like check yourself. I've definitely have like added too much oil to a candle before and have had it just like burst into flames and get really smoky. And I wouldn't say like, yeah, that the spell was going wrong necessarily, but like that I had like been a little heavy handed with the oil. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, that can definitely happen for sure. So always, always look at your mundane, you know, very rational reasons before we jump to things like, you know, the devil is after us. I know it's very, very easy to jump there, but always make sure to check those bases first, because a lot of the times it's just normal things that we did. So when it goes, when it comes back to the shoes, let's go over maybe some scenarios. Um, Do you have any recommendations for things for people to put in their shoes for protection or for keeping away either unwanted people or protecting against bad spells, things like that? So I love Rue and you'll probably hear the both of us just singing praises to Rue. Rue keeps keeps away all the bad gunk and I think it has like kind of a freshening quality. It also keeps away the evil eye. It protects everything. So I would sprinkle, that would be kind of like, if you want protection, that would be like the first thing I go for is some rue. And I would put rue and a bay leaf together um, just so you can see clearly and have like good wisdom and just the oomph that bay brings us. The other thing too was um, a while back, I was dating somebody who... I knew had a bunch of other folks around them interested in them. So I sprinkled a little rue in their shoes to kind of like disperse and protect the delicacy of what we had going on in our new like romance. So that's another way you can like protect a person. I like that. I like that a lot. And this is when it really comes in handy to really know your plants and their functions and their spirits and things like that. Because I think that would be an excellent use of rue, you know, even though rue is more specific to keeping away and undoing things that are uh, spiritual in nature, things like uh, bad spells and evil spirits and whatnot. But even keeping away people, I think that would be a good one for it. A lot of times people will employ uh, oregano to keep away meddling individuals or like um, snitches, narcs, things like that, um, helicopter bosses, whatnot, um, or nosy people as well. With the function of oregano, I would be concerned that if I put oregano in someone's shoes, that it would get rid of them instead of keep people away from them. And that's when it always, of course, comes in handy to know your, your herbs and their functions and things like that. But I think that would be perfect doing some rue 
and some bay in the shoes to keep that away. And you can always do um, oils too. So if you have like a protection oil, like a fiery wall of protection oil or something like that, you can add a couple of drops to the shoes as well. But I do like kind of just the loose leaf uh, rue in that situation. And of course, for those listening, uh, if you are going to be using rue, uh, make sure that you are not pregnant. Number one rule of herb witchcraft is pregnant women do not touch rue ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So avoid if pregnant or trying to become pregnant. Yes. And rue also sensitizes the skin in some individuals. Mostly I noticed that in the fresh plant. So if you just happen to get a lot of the plants juices on you and then you go out and hang out in the sun for a while, it can kind of photo t- photo sen- sensitize your skin. Mm-hmm. So that's something to also be mindful of with Rue. Rue is a powerful, powerful plant. She's very strong. I put her in a class that I call the crone plants. And that's things like Rue, mugwort, nettle, these very strong, very kind of serious, but wise plants. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of all of them as cousins, even though I don't think they're scientifically related to one another very much. But I do kind of put them in the same magical category. Right. You know, something that came to mind and something that I've been doing recently, I don't have a bathtub in my house, so I only take showers (laughs) and I love to be able to soak and I've been doing foot soaks. Mm, mm -hmm. And I was thinking about when you were talking about using oil, like if you do foot soaks and you don't have access to a bathtub, that can be a really great way to cleanse or imbue yourself with something and then following that up with like protection oil or victory or crown of success, things like that. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people don't realize that your feet can pick up and also release so much stuff. And I, I wonder if that was something that they knew about back in the day when they were doing like, mm. you know, powders and stuff for people to pick up through the feet. And even with like your circulation and stuff, there's all this reflexology stuff where the, the bottom of the feet connect to everything else in your body. So mm-hmm. doing something like a foot soak can actually affect the uh, the rest of your body too, you know, whether right. it's, you know, your circulation or your energy or, you know, your spiritual wellness or whatever. You can actually do a lot with a foot soak, mm-hmm. especially if you feel like you've been hexed, because a lot of times if you've been hexed, it's something that you likely have picked up through the feet if it's someone that you've been coming in close contact with. So doing something like that can be really helpful to kind of get the poison out from where it was originated. Right. Yeah. One thing um, that came to mind was it was an instance when I really had to clean my feet up was somebody in my neighborhood when I lived in Portland, I lived like the back of my stoop was kind of in this alleyway and somebody had been burning Bible tracts. So a Bible tract is like a little pamphlet about Mm -hmm you know, coming to Jesus. And somebody had burned a bunch of stuff on my back stoop, but it didn't register until after I stepped in it. Ooh. And I was like halfway in my house and I looked down at my feet and I'm like, what is all this burned stuff? So I immediately just like went straight into the house, grabbed the salt, up some salt, the rue, all the things, and like brewed up a bath, scrubbed my feet, put on some protection oil, threw a bunch of Florida water outside, (laughs) scrubbed it all up. Clean it up. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. See, I think that's good. And I think, you know, that is excellent. That is how you take care of your business. And you can't wait. You can't, you know, go onto the Facebook, ask 62 people what they would do. Like you got to jump on it. And so having this information is going to be so helpful. And especially because that's something that we're seeing more and more of these days, because there, there was kind of an argument I got into with somebody on the internet the other day where they were saying that you know, hexes and curses and things like that are super rare and they never, ever happen. And if you think you're hexed or you're cursed, you're definitely not because no one does that. And if they do know how, then they're, they, people who know how to hex and curse are so spiritually evolved that they would never, ever do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need you to hold up right there because there are two major things wrong with that. The first one is that that stopped being relevant in the 90s because nowadays everyone's a witch, everyone's doing witchcraft, it's mainstream, it's trending. It is trending so hard that Cosmopolitan magazine is printing spells in their issues. So the days of cursing and hexing and all this stuff being so secret is over. I see it being shared every single day across social media in posts where people are telling people how to make sure that their ex-boyfriend never gets an erection again, all this stuff. So we are past that time. Those days where hexing and cursing uh, never happened are so far gone that we can't, I can't even stand it. And the second part on that is... That idea in the first place that hexing and cursing is rare, and if people know how to hex and curse, then they're spiritually evolved and won't do it. That is all specifically, and stay with me here, people, this is a very um, white paradigm, especially a Wiccan paradigm. Because here's the deal, in cultures of color, I come from a Latino background, and I know that it's the same in uh, in African cultures too, African American cultures. Um, also, in in some places too, like um, Italy and Italian culture, it's very similar too, where spiritual warfare is a thing. It happens, and it happens frequently within our communities. So you speak to your Latino friends, and they have stories about. They broke up with a guy um, for my book. I had to do uh, a bunch of interviews with people about their experiences. And this one girl told me a very common story where she's like, yeah, I broke up with this guy in high school and his tia, his aunt uh, is a bruja. And less than a week later, I flipped my car four times just driving on a straight road. And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. a thing that happens in these communities. So Thinking that you are never going to be hexed, never going to be cursed or anything like that, those days are over. So learning this stuff, even simple things like putting rue and bay in your shoes. And now remember, these things aren't just going to protect your feet when you're walking through it. These are going to protect you completely with it. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you have that. I would also say too, um, especially if you're going to be like hiking or like really traveling by foot. Um, Putting in things like uh, wood betony is really great for protecting people who are traveling. Often it's carried in the left pocket, but I would put it in the shoes. And I believe, I think it's mugwort. Yep, I was about to say to it's prevent mugwort. the tired feet. Is that what yep. it is? Yeah, yeah, and to and to protect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. It's interesting. Like we think of mugwort as this like lunar dreaming plant. 
but they also have this like dual quality of protection in European folk magic specifically, um, very, very much used for protection. And then, yeah, for the tired feet, you put a, I would imagine using fresh leaves, just laying them mm-hmm. into your shoe and walking on them. And the uh, other benefit to that is that mugwort is aromatic and smells beautiful. So it freshens your feet up too. I bet it, it does. I bet it has things in it too, because the way that it smells, it's almost um, like yarrowy. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering too if it does have like antifungal or antibacterial properties or things like that. It does. It too. That would be good, yeah. especially when you're doing, of course, you know, with the long hikes or any sort of, you know, traveling by mm-hmm. foot. You know, taking care of, you know, your moisture levels and all those things when it comes to your feet is so important. So very important. I wanted to jump back on what you were talking about about hexing being real. Y'all, it's so real. Don't think that it won't happen. And this isn't to fear monger, but exercising protection and kind of like being a few steps ahead of when that might occur if you do have somebody work against you or hex you or something like that. It's just good practice. And then if you do encounter the experience of being hexed, um, don't view it mean it it sucks it's happened to me it really does but it's always an opportunity for you to really hone in on those skills of protection and removal reversals etc so look at it as like a skill building exercise that's kind of how i have done it even though i have been knocked on my ass (laughs) in my past you know it's helpful to kind of view it in that lens of this is a good exercise and always good to stay on top of your protection and keeping yourself safe. Always. Absolutely. And coming back to like that sort of paper idea in the beginning too, you can write, you know, protective prayers or you can draw protective symbols on a piece of paper, stick it in your shoe. It'll do the same thing. Um, I know people too, who will, um, paint things on the bottom of their shoes. Like um, in in my culture, we'll do crosses a lot for Mm -hmm. protection. So they'll do those on the bottom of the shoe to prevent all this stuff too. Um, I also know people as well who, when their children come home, they have them take off their shoes. And a friend was telling me that their mom used to get out like a bucket with Florida water in it stuff and wash the bottoms of all their shoes every day to make sure that they weren't bringing anything home or into the house or nothing was on them. Um, Because again, in these communities, these, you know, Latino communities, black communities, um, you know, Mm -hmm. we know that this stuff happens a lot. And so a lot of times our aunts or our grandmas or things like that will be encouraging us to do these things to keep ourselves safe. Because you're right, if you're practicing this protection work, even this simple stuff, just sprinkle some plants in your shoes, um, you'll be so much further ahead when something does happen that, you know, it'll at least sort of absorb that or at least make sure that you can then view it as a exercise, which I think is actually brilliant um, to think of it that way. Because the hardest part when people get cursed or hexed is to get them to stop panicking. Right. So viewing it as an exercise, like, cool, Mm -hmm. this is a chance for me to, you know, flex some skills I wasn't able to do before. And then voila. So I, I think that's a great way. Yeah, you really get to pull out the big guns and how, you know, we don't often get 
an opportunity to pull it out, pull, pull out those big guns. Sorry. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta whip it uh, out every so often. Gotta whip it out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, instead of viewing yourself perhaps as being like, or clinging to a victim identity is like, Oh, woe is me that I have suffered all of this due to another person or something like that. I know that that sounds kind of harsh, it really that's what witchcraft and magic is about is about taking agency and taking action and it's an opportunity yeah it's an opportunity for you to flex and protect yourself and establish your ground and hold your own space and advocate for yourself so don't you know if that sort of thing is happening for you just know that you do have the means and the power to turn it around Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really important because the more freaked out you are, the more afraid you are, the more power you're just handing to it. And that's something that I have to try and walk people through when they have negative entities or what a lot of people will refer to as demons in their home is simply not being afraid of it. And that sounds it's it's always much easier to say than it is to do, especially if there's some weird shadow creature like growling at you from like the corner of the room or something. But as soon as you are not afraid of it, it shrinks incredibly. Mm-hmm. So just being aware of where we're placing our energy and our work and our intentions and things like this. And if we are placing our energy into protection, things like that, then we're going to be just so much better off at the end. of it. Right. Yeah. And when you do encounter something that works for me, maybe it might not work for everyone. And this is my Aries coming out of me is that if I'm being hecked with, sometimes I just turn around and I just start cursing. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. Like, get out. Yeah. If you want to fight, let's go. Fight, let's do it. (laughs) See, that's Aries thing. We're a victim for about four seconds and we start swinging. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we come out swinging and that might not be the wisest approach, I will admit, mm-hmm. but it has worked for me most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for me, I always tend to build my protections in a way that they bite back so Ooh, that I, I don't that. have to do it. Like I will if I have to, but I want... I want my protections set in a way that if someone does decide to come at me or try to test them, that they will only test them once. Absolutely. Fiery wall of protection. I like to, yep. Some spicy protection just to kind of, I love that to bite back. Mm -hmm. It really lets a person or an entity or something know like, okay, you want to play? We mean business around here. Yes, indeed. Um, it's a little stingy. A little stingy, a little electric fence. Um, so I do want to jump back to kind of like the the shoe magic thing. Let's mm-hmm. give a couple more maybe options for people to work with so that, you know, they can leave this podcast feeling like, oh, okay, that was maybe a thing they didn't know. So if you were going to draw in love or maybe a new bay, a new something, something, what would maybe be your go-tos for the shoes? Absolutely, rose. How can you mm. not think of rose in the shoes? But what I think of when I think of attracting someone new and thinking of like a new bay, I think of like cultivating an inner glow or cultivating an inner confidence. Because when you're confident, 
Like that's really the most attractive thing to me. Yeah. So I put, I would put things in my shoes that boost, boost me. So for example, I'm femme. I really like to work with Rosemary and I like to work with Queen Elizabeth Root. And yeah, so I would do that as a combo. Queen Elizabeth Root, Rosemary, and Rose. I like those. I like that. Now, okay, so you make a very important distinction about being a femme and therefore working with Queen Elizabeth Root. Um, some of you may also know it by the term Oris Root uh, is another name that it tends to be found under. Jezebel Root is something different. So just throwing that out there. People mm-hmm. tend to put it into the same category. Now, if you are looking for love and you are a femme person who is looking for someone who is more, let's say, masculine, then you would be working with the Queen Elizabeth route, the Oris route. Uh, But if you are someone who is more dominant, maybe more masculine, and you're looking for someone who is submissive or more feminine, not that those terms are always mutually exclusive, but if that's what you're looking for, then instead of using Queen Elizabeth route, you would go for a High John the Conqueror route which Mm. is a much more intense sort of daddy energy. So a lot of times when I'm working in the queer community, when people come to me for love work, I'm like, okay, are we looking for tops? Are we looking for bottoms? Because if we're looking for tops then we're going to be using the Queen Elizabeth route, if we're looking for bottoms then we're going to be using the uh, High John the Conqueror. And a lot Mm. of times people get them mixed up and then their results are weird. And then I get people who are coming to me who are like, I'm a bottom and I've just manifested 32 new bottoms. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no, you mixed it up. You mixed it up again. <laughs> so oh, you got to, no. you, you got to, you got to do that. But somebody gave me a spell once that I really liked for um, calling in love in the shoes. And they put apple seeds in their shoes. And I always like that. So I think I would put in like a, maybe some apple seeds. And one that I really like for um, kind of bringing in love is catnip. Yes, I love catnip so much. Love it. It's really good for that kind of bewitching, kind of fun, giggly, like new love. You know, it's Mm. it's good for that kind of glowy, interested um, sort of a thing. So I I, I really like to use that, especially if I'm trying to like draw somebody in using something like that, because catnip is is very much an attractor. It's very fragrant um, Mm -hmm. and it has that quality to it. But of course, you could use, of course, rose. You could work with Damiana in the shoes, things like Mm -hmm. that. Cinnamon. Cinnamon comes to mind. Yeah. Clove, if you want to like work in some friend vibes before you start busting major moves, that's another lovely one. And one that I've been working with lately also just for like boost of power is dragon's blood. Ooh, yes. Mm -hmm. Love me some dragon's blood. I have a question. Yes. What about adding personal concerns to shoe magic? Like, say, adding your own hair or adding somebody else's hair or a piece of their clothing or a piece of your clothing. I don't know. That just kind of like that thought came to mind. Is that that almost feels a little bit more like dominating work? Yes. In the shoes, I would feel like it would be dominating. And I would want to like tape the personal concern either like to the bottom of the shoe or maybe like to a piece of paper that was then put in the shoe so you can keep track of it. Um, Mm -hmm. If I was to do it sort of in a love style, 
I would probably carry the personal concerns in a pocket instead of mm-hmm. a shoe um, mm-hmm. for that reason. And I would probably put it in a little bag or sort of like a, a mojo type setup with some of the other love herbs that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that before, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're wanting to do love magic and draw somebody in, I would definitely not put their like nail clippings or a soiled piece of clothing. I wouldn't want to walk on that because that, unless you really do want to dominate them yeah. and get into your daddy vibes. I mean, some people definitely that. are into that. And it, a lot of times people think that they have to do dominating love work in order to get it to work at all. People are like, I, I get so many DMs of people being like, um, can you bind this random guy to me against his will forever? And I'm like, that's really not necessary at all. Um, so don't feel like you have to go straight to the dominating work because a lot of the times what happens when they try and do it or they're only trying to do it on themselves or they'll hire somebody else to like do a bind or like a really intense dominating love spell, your target, instead of just falling madly in love with you the way that you want them to, will often panic and bolt because they don't know what is happening. All they know is that there's something about you that makes them feel very constrained and freaks them out. And so a lot of the times being too aggressive with your love work will backfire on you majorly because they'll sense Mm -hmm. something is happening to them. I've been the recipient of that kind of energy. Yeah. And that you are exactly right. I had an encounter with a person and they were being very intense with me and kind of showing up everywhere. And I had a couple of dreams, got the hint. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go now. Because you overwhelmed me. Pay attention to those dreams. They really will let you know. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we sign off here, I do want to talk a little bit about foot track magic. Um, We were talking about personal concerns a moment ago where you have something like hair from people or, you know, nail clippings, things like that. What a lot of people don't realize is that you can also use uh, impressions left by their body. And that this can be anything from like sweat left behind on a piece of clothing. It can be um, handwriting. It can also be uh, footprints or what we call foot track magic. And this can be done in a few different ways. If you're old school and you have time, (laughs) there is a way to lift a foot track out of the ground. And it takes a lot of work. It takes some shovels. You basically have to like cut the dirt in like a square around it and lift the entire cube of dirt up out of the ground and then take it home with you. And if you're really good, you can do it without disturbing the footprint. I personally do not have the time. So (laughs) I, I scrape off the top and, you know, take that dirt where their foot has made the impression. And then you can use that for spell work, whether this is an enemy, whether, um, I've actually been employing this a lot, again, working with a lot of the protests and some of the Black Lives Matter movement, where you use police foot track dirt. And you can then blend that with things like fennel, which is really great for keeping the law away. So you can um, mix together like policeman foot track dirt with oregano and like black mustard seed and fennel to create a law stay away charm with my communities of color i often have them 
put that into like maybe a red baggie and keep it in their car to make sure that they're not being pulled over or something that they carry with them while they're out and about walking. Foot track dirt can be really, uh, really powerful and really helpful, especially in this day and age where it's a lot less easy to get things like, you know, hair from a random person. Yeah, I've been thinking about foot track magic a lot lately. It's so interesting that we decided to do this show on foot stuff. (laughs) And thinking about, right, and thinking about where folks walk and being able to like collect, like say they were not walking in soft dirt and they're walking on the sidewalk, you would really have to like remember where they placed their foot and get a little broom and like sweep it up or even like pressing your fingers into where they might have stood and pick up the dust in that way. Mm-hmm. It would be minus it would be kind of minuscule amounts, but still I think workable. It could work. And it, it, and depending on kind of whether it's specifically them or what they represent. So if we're doing work with again, like if we're going back to the police officer idea, if you don't have a policeman's foot track, you can use dirt from a police station. You know, mm-hmm. so there's kind of ways around it a little bit. There's kind of the whole reverse of it too. There's a bunch of lore in the old days about if you could get a witch's footprint, then you could out them as a witch. So it was like, um, there was all this old lore that if you saw one that went walking by, if they were a witch, you could take a nail and drive it into the footprint that they left behind. And it would cause them to be stuck to the ground where they were. It makes me squirm a little bit. I'm like, ouch. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, no, I hate that. Hate that. Hate that a whole lot. (laughs) But I'm always interested to see kind of where that comes from, because there has to be some, some truth to it or some, somewhere that it came from that people would believe that that would happen. Because I mean, it's true. You can, you know, hex people with their, with their footprint or you can, um, you know, affect them in certain ways. So whether it's, it's a witch or not, um, those are always interesting things to think about because we think about things like feet and shoes and whatnot as it's not something that's always at the top of our list when it comes to witchcraft, right? It's not right. the first thing that we're thinking about, but it actually comes up way more than people would think. Yes. And it's something that's pretty darn accessible. It's like you don't have to get the XYZ ingredient in order to do you know, shoe magic or foot track magic. It's pretty practical. You have your shoes right probably next to you. I have a whole pile of shoes next to me by my door. Mm-hmm. And um, and like if you're working on someone, because let's be real, that happens. It's pretty easy to get access to their shoes. If, if you're hanging out with somebody, there they are. Certainly. They're around. And there's always, there's old, there's old things too about how like if someone is over at your house and they've stayed too long and you need them to leave, there's a stuff about uh, like sprinkling salt on their shoes in order to, to suddenly get them to leave. And I have done it before oh. and it does work because I, I am a person too. I'm like, I got about two hours of hanging out in me and then I need to be not around people. Uh, so it's it's good to have those things in your back pocket. But there was all these old, old school things about um, putting shoes in walls or in chimneys or things like that to protect the home. They were used as wards. Um, and I, I've always been curious about where specifically that came from. There's a lot of old lore in kind of the Britain, Europe area where 
there was a saint at one point who cast the devil into a shoe where he got trapped. Because there's also old lore that like demons and things like that can't back up. So once they go into the shoe, they're stuck. So we see shoes a lot. There was also, when I was researching the book, one woman who told me that her father would astral project at night and walk the perimeter of their house to keep them safe during the night. And when she went off to college, he gave her one of his old shoes and was like, put this on your porch so that I can find you at night and keep you safe. I love that. You know, and that really touches into, and maybe I'm, I'm weird about this, but like I have my favorite shoes and they're very important to me Mm -hmm. and I keep, I keep an eye on them. (laughs) And like the more we wear something like thinking about rings or necklace or you're like your favorite sweater, things like that build power over time. So the more you wear something, it's imbued with your essence, imbued with the experiences that you've both shared. And that's so fascinating that he would have left the shoe or requested that she leave the shoe on the porch so that he could go go find her. It just like makes so much sense. I'm like, yeah, that's something I would do too. Exactly. Well, and people like often forget too that, that magical targeting is a thing. So people are always concerned about like, oh, someone took my hairbrush or my pen or took something from me when they don't realize that they also have to be worried about if something gets left behind as well. Mm-hmm. And when another kind of talking about taking your personal power back and stuff, when, when someone has something like your hair or your fingernail trimmings or whatever, people are like, Oh, well, I'm just done for. It's all over for me. And I'm like, Yes, however, they are also holding a major bullseye that you are attached to. So when someone has your personal concerns, they open up a hallway and they think it's a secret hallway. But if you can access that hallway as well, it goes both directions. So it's a little bit like them lassoing you and then Mm -hmm. you take it out of their hands and horsewhip them with it um, (laughs) instead. So you have to remember that it goes both directions, you know. It really does. And you know what? I'm going to tell a short little story about how it does go both in both directions. And this doesn't have anything to do with personal concerns or shoe magic. But long ago, there was an internet witch who um, didn't quite get along with me. And they were working against me. And they approached me to hex me or whatever just to do something to me they approached me through my dreams however in the dream i was in their bedroom and i was like oh you done fucked up Mm -hmm. because i'm in your space and it is a two-way street and it's interesting because in the dream while i was in their bedroom i immediately felt sick i felt like i got a cold and even in my like i was very lucid so i was like my waking body i was like oh shoot i got a cold now And, but I realized I was like, okay, you're working on me, but yeah, I'm still in your space. So I was able to kind of like deflect. I was also in the dream wearing a raincoat, like a heavy duty fisherman's rain jacket. So I was like, I'm all good here. I'm just going to go back to my house and get cleaned up now. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I love that. I love it. Especially when they don't realize that there is that two-way street. And you're just like, surprise, bitch. Um, 
It yeah. reminds me of, did you watch or read Dr. Sleep? No. Um, a lot of it very much revolves around psychic warfare. Um, mm. Because it's kind of, it's the continuation of The Shining where like, you know, The Shining is a psychic gift. And so they're all older and stuff. And so there's a lot of different scenes in which things like that happen where someone kind of like tries to creep into their dream. And this little girl named Abra is extremely powerful. And so this other kind of witch person is sneaking into her dream. Like I'm just here to steal her secrets. Like no problem. And this girl's like, ta-da, like just comes (laughs) after her hard because Mm -hmm. again, those tables turn and people don't realize that when you open that hallway, that if you, a lot of the times, like if you're just like, doing this with a newbie witch or something like that often that hallway is one way but if you open Mm -hmm. that hallway with the wrong witch suddenly it goes both directions and they have a direct line to you so these Mm -hmm. are things to be really careful of when we do this work and then that's where we learn how to do shape shifting but that's for another episode yes yes (laughs) Ooh, we should totally do that ah Yes. Talk about some shape shifting because now I'm starting to get crafty in my brain. I'm like, okay, if we really want to infiltrate the dream, we got to shape shift into a creature. That was actually part of Dr. Sleep too, is when, when Abra um, caught her in her dream, she shape shifted to, oh God, I, it was some Game of Thrones character like on a horse with a big ass sword and just huge as hell. <laughs> you can do that stuff you can do that stuff change your energy and then how it and you literally just shapeshift yeah we Mm. should do that that's a good one yes put it on our list yes we should absolutely do that okay so we have covered quite a bit about shoe and foot track magic for y'all to work with Yes, hope this one, this one was kind of a a nice beginner friendly episode. We we don't mean to leave our beginner folks behind so much. This is a a podcast that is about kind of the depth of witchcraft, but we do want to kind of every so often pop up with something that is um, digestible for folks who may not be in that place yet. So we want to kind of make sure that this podcast goes back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we have some Exciting episodes coming up. We are working on getting some guests to be coming on. So keep your eyeballs out. Make sure that you rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you do not miss any of these episodes. Absolutely. And if you want to support this podcast, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven and join the coven where you get access to a private Facebook group where we all discuss the episodes and things like that. And in order for this podcast to continue, we do need your support. So you can also join the coven. And if you're not interested in Facebook groups, I get it. I'm not that into them myself, but we would love to have your support. Absolutely. And once you join the coven too, that's a great way to directly access us. You can ask us questions, all kinds of stuff. And feel free also to send us a message at our new email. Hello at invokingwitchcraft.com. Absolutely. Send us your stories, send us your episode requests, things like that, what you want to hear from us, and we will go through them and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. All righty, y'all. Until next time, do witchcraft. Do the witchcraft. Bye bye.